everybody. This is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today is part two of You're Not Too Old and It's Not Too Late, my pep talk specifically about romance. So this is for people who are looking for love or or maybe have given up looking for love later in life. I have actually, and this is just in response to so many people i've been catching up with like basically everyone i know during the pandemic uh and i have talked to so many women specifically who are like later in life i would say like 40s and up um 40s 50s 60s 70s even who have either given up on dating or like still kind of believe that their love might be out there but mostly don't believe and kind of mostly have just given up and think that they're going to be alone the rest of their lives um, and so last week when I did my episode part one uh, of you're not too old and it's not you're not too late as soon as I turned it off I was like I should have talked about romance and then I kind of started thinking over the week and then as my um, I, I had interviews set up that did not come through so I was like what am I going to talk about solo this week and I was like oh let's just do this let's do the part two so I kind of came up with some advice and growth opportunities for folks out there. Um, this is specifically for you if you are feeling like you're too old to have met your person. And I'm addressing this and I just want to name the elephant in the room. I'm 41. I'm single. I did not think or, you know what, when I was in my 20s, I definitely thought I would be 41 and single because I never thought I was going to find love um, ever. And, and then I started loving myself and did all of that work. And now I'm actually very certain at 41 years old that my love life is nowhere near over. Um, I have so much time left and I tr really, truly trust that my partner is coming. Uh, I've talked about this in other episodes of the podcast. Uh, but I just want to like offer you my faith that um, I believe that you romance is out there for you. If you want it, it's out there. And there are definitely, and I'll say this anecdotally, there's tons of people out there. I'm actually, I've uh, moved away from trying to monetize all of my hobbies, but um, I do believe that like, I think low key, I'm going to be a later in life matchmaker. I just know too many single people later in life. So I'm just kind of filing away what people tell me they're looking for. And if I find someone who like, I think is a vibe, I'm going to set them up. Right. But I am, I'm not saying this to try to put my hat in the ring as a matchmaker. It is not a formal thing I'm doing. It's really for me all about teaching my aerobics and sharing my wisdom. So anyway, um, so if this is you, if you're trying to not give up later in life, um, I have some things to think about. Um, but I really want you to just get in the frame of mind that, um, if you're doing what you can from where you are with what you have, it's enough you're doing enough. Right. Um, but also I think we're charged as humans to just keep growing. Like number one tip is work on yourself forever. Um, I've actually been, um, I read a lot of success books and relationship books and I've been, I'm coaching, uh, a couple of married couples now. And so I was, I've been reading a lot of married marriage books about like, um, how to have good marriages and things like that. Um, and it's actually really helpful for me to do this, to read it. Cause I have a great therapist. So I read, um, these marriage books, I'm kind of like doing a postmortem on my last, uh, you know, functionally marriage relationship, um, and kind of just seeing it play out. But I'll tell you this too, like through all this work on myself, I've done since my breakup, I really, truly, uh, think that therapy is a lifetime thing. It's not just something you do when you're going through stuff. Like maybe you're not continuing to grow with the therapist you have, but like, I really wish that while I was with my ex, I had been in therapy because I think it would have 
made things more clear for me that maybe we weren't a forever match. Um, because like the common denominator that I've identified in all of my big breakups is that my person didn't grow with me, like wasn't a growth minded individual, wasn't someone who was interested in lifelong learning and actually growing and looking at themselves and being willing to be uncomfortable so that they can grow and become a better version of themselves. And um, unless I have that compatibility, I, for me, like it's a no-go. I'm not going to go out. With, <laughs> well, I'm not going to commit to someone, right? So that's just something I've learned from my own growth process, right? But growth is a forever thing. So it's not just growing between relationships. It's growing within relationships too, because that's really what our intimate relationships do is they help us grow um, in relation to somebody else. Um, number two tip and tool is don't settle. Um, I think if you're alone right now, later in life, you probably didn't settle. And I think that's worth a hearty congratulations because it's better to be happy and satisfied alone than it is to be unhappy with somebody else. Um, this super rich guy, uh, so he like did a talk at some dinner party I went to at LA um, and he talked about how he'd become like this, like, you know, very rich person, right? Like, I don't know, seven, eight figures, something like that. Uh, and he was like, I realized that wealth is just a more comfortable form of misery. And if I wanted to actually be happy, I'd need to figure out how that works. So he gave us a rubric and he said the happiest people are happily married people. Uh, second happiest people are happily unmarried people. Um, and then the most uh, the most unhappy people are unhappily married people. So like your partnership can either be the thing that levels you up to great life satisfaction or levels you down to abject life satisfaction. Um, and just, you know, I, I feel very mixed about this because I think um, like in America, our divorce rate is something like 76%, which is very, very high. Um, and most of us don't have a support system or an example of marriages that really work um, and how to have long-term relationships. I certainly didn't really have a lot of that modeled for me growing up with a single mom. You know what I mean? Um, but I also uh, am pleased to say it was modeled for me, multiple people finding um great loves of their lives later in life, including my mom, who's like partner Pat is like a total win. I'm so glad my mom didn't settle for anybody else that she was with before that. Pat is awesome. And totally. I think my mom was like 48 when they met or maybe 50. Um, but anyway, like they're super happy. They're still together um, like 20 years down the road. So, you know, it seems like it's working out well for my mom to have been patient and not settle. Right. Um, and I think that's totally true. I know a lot of people I live in a, in an older <laughs> community. Most of my neighbors are 60 and older. Um, and there are several couples here who have only been together like five, 10 years. So it's, there's just examples in my life of people who have, um, gotten that right match eventually. Right. So it's totally possible. Um, and you have to truly believe that it's possible, but also you have to truly believe that you're worthy of not settling. So like I don't know if you're listening to this podcast and you're still in a relationship that you don't think serves you anymore. Um, I'm going to say like, again, I think therapy is a great option <laughs> um, just to like unearth like what's going on for you and whether this is a good match or not. Um, but I really am so, so grateful. I never settled. Um, one of my very best friends, Spunky, she got married uh, this year at 41 years old, 42, 41. Um, and it, I'm so glad she didn't settle. Her person, uh, Max, is an incredible match for her. I'm so glad he's in the family now. And um, But, like, you know, being close friends with her since we were 19 years old, like, uh, we championed each other not settling. Um, so, anyway, I just really think that um, being willing to do the work now 
um, is going to set you up for five years from now. Because where you're at here, like right now in your life, is a result of stuff you did and instigated five years ago. So going into your future five years, do you want to be happy? Do you want to be satisfied? Do you want to be joyful? Do the work now on yourself that's going to help you get there. Regardless of whether you have a person, if you're doing that work, as you'll keep getting better. Your, your experience of life will get easier. And I can attest from personal growth work that that is totally true. Um, I also, um, uh, number three, uh, you got to be looking, you got to be out in the hunt somehow. If you want something in your, like, if you want a relationship, right, you have to somehow be looking for it. And I think there's two main paths you can follow. Number one is just get out there and keep going through all the pieces of coal to find your diamond uh, or diamonds, right? Like this is a totally open podcast about whatever um, relationship style works for you. If you're a polyamorous folk, you can have multiple partners, right? So, um, but so you can keep going through the coal to the diamond. Um, part of dating and doing that kind of stuff is engaging in your growth and your self-discovery um, while you're connecting with people, because sometimes you have to, uh, feel a yuck in order to understand your yum, if that makes sense. Um, and also like, sometimes you don't know what you want until you know what you can have. Um, and sometimes you don't know what you want until you know what you don't like. Right. Um, I also, I, uh, pool my Facebook friends are such a resource and I asked them, Hey, do you know any, uh, any later in life, dating websites that people um, have used. So these are the suggestions. I don't have any experience with any of these, but in case it's useful to you, one of them is called OurTime.com. It's like our, like yours and mine, O-U-R, time, T-I-M-E.com, uh, which is an online dating site for men and women over 50. Um, there's another one that's uh, dating.silversingles.com, uh, which is a senior dating site for mature singles. Um, and then my friend, someone else said she thinks that plenty of fish, uh, .com skews older. Um, and someone else suggested hinge. So those are all possibilities. My Facebook friends are out in the dating world way more than me. So I just thought I would ask in case that helps to resource you to get on a website, challenge yourself to get a good picture, put a, please for the love of the goddess, no sunglasses in your photo. Your photo should be you looking at the camera, smiling, having a good time. And uh, don't micro-pick yourself. Uh, just try to be honest with what you look like. It's totally fine. You know what I mean? You want someone who's going to light up when they see you and give them the opportunity for that eye contact because the eyes truly are that connection point, right? Um, and uh, so there's two. I said there were two main ways to find your person. So one is like keep going through, keep dating and, and date through knowing that like, you know, you'll keep getting a no until you get a yes. Right. Uh, the other way I feel is to um, go deep and get in alignment with God and your path in the world and your person's going to come. That's the path I'm on. Like I, I care way more about the businesses I'm running, trying to retire in the next few years, like really trying to just like get myself situated um, as an entrepreneur with like streams of income so that, you know, by the time I have kids, I can just be a full hands-on parent. That's my goal. So I don't really have time to date right now. I talk to a lot of people. I connect with a lot of folks because it's an important part of lighting me up, but I'd rather prioritize my friends um, and making new friends and networking than dating. <laughs> so uh, that's a choice I've made and I kind of trust my alignment. I'm real easy to get a hold of. 
Um, and frankly, like also you could tell your friends like, hey, I'm trying to date, set me up with people you know, and and just do what I do. I will have a cup of tea like a virtual cup of tea on a zoom with anybody. I love to meet new friends. I love to meet people and just see what makes them tick. Um, it's actually really great for networking. Um, if you're trying to like build a business or connect with more folks, we don't have ways of meeting new people, right? <laughs> These days, unless you're willing to just hop on a virtual cup of coffee with someone and then you didn't even have to leave your house and you don't have to put on pants. So, uh, that's, so that's, that's a thing too. You can just have your friends like set you up on virtual connections with people. So that's, that's another way. But, um, I feel like when you're going to go deep and get alignment with God and your path and all of that kind of stuff, that's a lot of spiritual work you're going to want to do. It's a lot of growth work and alignment. But again, remembering that everything you're doing right now is enough. Um, and you don't have to do anything to be worthy of love. And, um, but you're going to have to change some of your behavior if you want to change what's going on in your life. And if you've been single a long time, or if you're single at the point of giving up forever, then you really want to think about what maybe you need to change in terms of your perspective or what you're doing. Um, number four, think about whether you're picky or you're inflexible. Um, <laughs> I, and, and by inflexible, I'm going to say maybe hostile towards change, right? Um, I really kind of trust God's timing on things. Um, again, like, I, and also I'll say this, like I haven't felt a lightning bolt for anyone in a really long time. So like, I'm also trusting that, like, I know, what a lightning bolt feels like uh, when you meet someone or when I meet someone. Um, but I'm also like not really looking uh, for external validation from dating, which I think a lot of people are. Um, and I used to be really trying to solve some things that were going on inside me by like dating and external validation. And it is a really sad <laughs> experience because it's a constant disappointment and uh, failed expectations. Cause, uh, a really good quote that landed for me is maybe you've never had your heart broken. Maybe it was just your expectations. Uh, right. So, um, anyway, but just thinking about like, cause I think being picky is great. Cause I, again, don't think you should settle, but I do think there's inflexible versus picky. And I think, um, some of you are hearing me call you inflexible and feeling it as a call out. And I want you to really absorb that call out and just say, Maybe I need to figure out how to be a little less inflexible and be willing to change and be be willing to work on my people skills and my relationship skills. Because some people are just so prickly and so mean and so defensive and they're driving people away. And you don't really realize that you're being those things while you're being those things. And I say that from personal experience. I used to be a very defensive person. My defensiveness came from a self-image that felt like I needed to appear perfect in order to be valuable. Um, and as I chipped away at that belief um, and I and I raised my self-image and I just started to really believe in myself and believe that God doesn't make junk um, and I'm not junk. Um, as I began to believe that, the more my self-respect, so I didn't like... I didn't settle for anyone's shitty behavior towards me. Right. Uh, but also like, I just got kinder, you know, cause it's easier. You don't have anything to defend when you already feel worthy. You don't have anything to prove if you already feel worthy. Right. But defensiveness and feeling like you have to prove something keeps people at a distance and it prevents intimacy from happening. And really that's you keeping yourself out of relationships because you're uncomfortable with intimacy. So, you know, this leads into <laughs> my next tool, which is just to think about how, Ultra independence is a trauma response. So this is something I really relate to. Um, in my last relationship, uh, my ex would point out frequently, she's like, you know, when you ask me to do something, 
often you want me to do it right away. And if I don't do it right away, you just start doing it anyway. And um, I was like, wow, I really do do that. <laughs> and of course, I didn't receive it immediately in that like way where I realized, oh, she's actually right. But she was actually really right. Like I would just like kind of huff off and get it done because it's a control thing, right? Like if I'm asking for help with something and I want it done now, I want it done now, right? And so like thus, if, if the person I'm asking for help isn't available on my timeline, I'm doing it myself, which can be fine. But it is a form of ultra independence, not allowing, not being flexible and allowing people to help you, right? So um, relationships are, it, they're hard paths. Like they're it's supposed to have conflict. Um, I think conflict is different than fighting. I don't like to fight in relationships. I love to have a safe word for relationships. My ex and I would say the word waffle. It was my favorite word. I'm like, do I get to waffle in future relationships? Because I use it with this ex. It is still my favorite word. And it's a great safe word for a fight because you're rarely fighting about waffles. Um, but most of the time when we would safe word from fights, the conflict didn't really need to be resolved. It was a dumb thing that we were just getting in a fight about. Um, and relationships like romantic relationships specifically involve polarity. Like that thing that makes you kind of opposite and different from someone. That's what the, that's where the attraction comes from. And so that's actually a really good thing. Um, but, uh, it also creates conflict, um, because you don't, you don't think the same, you're just different people. Um, and, and that's true in friend relationships too. But of course I think, especially these days, a lot of people kind of treat their friendships as disposable and don't engage in conflict and like work things out. Um, and I just want to say as someone who has really grown a lot in this area, conflict is necessary for bringing things forward. I would much rather hear from someone that something I'm doing isn't aligning with them or is it making them feel loved and cherished than to have them like just stuff it away and have a war with me inside their head and never tell me what's going on. Um, that's I, I'm saying this because that's like kind of the subtle... <laughs> the subplot of how my last breakup landed. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, right? So um, conflicts are important. Avoiding them, constantly avoiding relationships and intimacy because you can't deal with conflict. That's, again, a personal growth issue. Um, I would, oh, what's a good book for that? Um, I think, uh, I don't know. What's a good book for conflict? Um, there's a really good book called Critical Conversations, which is really good about language. If you haven't studied nonviolent communication, that is actually that really helped me a lot with softening to conflict, which is just like kind of understanding different words that didn't feel so triggering to me. Um, like, hey, can we um, check in about something feels uh, really kind of scary sometimes. But like, hey, I'm curious, like leading with curiosity, that's nonviolent communication. Anyway, that's really helpful. Um, but also like, Honestly, if you're ultra independent, um, I would really suggest like doing some some therapy and doing some some maybe 12 step. I mean, my Al-Anon work really helped me a lot with ultra independence. But like I I really didn't notice that I was doing it <laughs> until it was pointed out to me. And then I was like, oh, yeah. So I think there's probably a few people out there who are single just because they're not willing to do the growth work that it requires to risk intimacy because intimacy, I mean, relationships risk hurt, right? Like people hurt people um, and we're all a little damaged, right? Um, but like if you, the stronger your self-image gets and the more growth you do and the more flexibility you create, the easier it is to get along. Cause like, I just, I truly in the last like 10 years, I developed a stronger desire 
to be happy than to be right. So I never need to be right. And I actually feel no joy when I'm right about something. Uh, and I also don't feel shame when I'm wrong about something. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so nice actually to be really free of that and to not need that to validate my identity in any way. Um, uh, let's see the, I will say there's, um, a great book that my friend recommended. The book is called Calling in the One. It's a straight book. It's for straight people. And I know that um, many of you, I'm not straight, you know, I'm queer, but I know many of you out there might be straight, might not be straight. But anyway, it's a great book in terms of um, if you can get gender, if you can at least take what you like and leave the rest, right? Knowing that like, you know, unfortunately not everything is written for a multi-gendered society. Um, but it's a great book with great exercises about self-image and about like really truly getting clear about what you want, because that is my next tip, which is to get clear about what you're looking for in a relationship. But I think that a calling in the wind does a good job of kind of like holistically hitting all these like growth things that you really need to be thinking about if you're wanting to grow through your singlehood and grow into the kind of person uh, for whom your dream person wants to be in a relationship with, right? So um, so getting clear about what you're looking for in a relationship is writing a list, both of how you want to feel and how you want to experience your relationship and the characteristics of your, your preferred love lifetime relationship and those characteristics that that person has. Right. So, um, it's so funny. I can tell you multiple stories. Um, I would write this list and review this list between every time I was dating someone. And then, uh, when, and then I would review it like after I broke up with the last person and, um, and my last partner, um, she broke up with me about four and a half months into dating to go be a single nomad on the road. And I remember just like, look at doing my ritual of like looking through my list of things. And I was like, Oh my God, she was everything on this list. I just hadn't realized cause I hadn't looked at the list in a long time. And I was like, that's unfortunate. Cause I did not put wants to be in a relationship on that list. So I'll tell you, this, this is my pro tip. The first thing <laughs> you put on your list for the person you're looking for is wants to be in a relationship. And then maybe add commitment, like interested in commitment, able to fulfill commitment, follow through with commitment. Uh, also uh, interested in growing at a commensurate rate as yourself, right? Because you don't want to outgrow your relationship. You want someone who's willing to grow the way you're willing to grow. Because if you're willing to change in order to be open to a relationship, hopefully you want a person who is also willing to change because here's the only constant in life. It's change. Um, and we are in a weird society that thinks change is bad or hard. And you know what? Life is hard. Life is hard. Life is unfair, right? And hard things are going to happen. And you want someone on your side who's willing to grow with you and grow together and, and really focus on that together. Like you don't want someone who's just going to bail on you 20 years down the road because they weren't willing to like, look at their stuff. I watched, um, my mom's second marriage is actually really sad. Uh, cause like as soon as they got married, he changed and like really changed his expectations and his behavior. And he was just a real disappointment. So like, I'll say that, like, I don't, he's, he was like, it was like, it was one of those things where like, he wasn't really abusive. He was just awful. <laughs> and like, you know, and I would take like a awful male over abusive male, but, uh, that's again, settling and, and we don't settle on this podcast. So <laughs> anyway, get your list, review your list every couple months or every month or whenever, every week, even, um, some of my success goal setting books say like, look at your goals every single week. So, um, so just like know what you want. Um, uh, my friend who did calling in the one, uh, when she met 
the person who she's now engaged to, uh, she said, I had done this book, so I felt very clear in my choice. And I felt very confident in uh, moving forward with this person because I felt clear because I'd done all this work ahead of time. So I just want to offer that as a potential thing. Um, another tool is to be nourishing yourself with lots of relationships. I think um, some people get really comfortable being alone and just stay super isolated. Um, but like your friendships are important and love comes in all forms. And like um, Rachel, uh, one of my besties, she's been on this podcast twice now. Um, she really has taught me a lot about prioritizing friendships as primary relationships. Like she considers me as one of her very close friends, part of her polycule, you know, and like part of her support system and support network and always calls me my love and like really does make me feel loved and appreciated. Um, and I think that is so great. Like, I think that we could really use more romantic friendships where we love on each other um, and dote on each other. And, 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 you know, this is, and Rachel is having relationships with multiple people and still having time and setting aside time and prioritizing time to make the people she loves feel important. So think about like the people in your life who you adore and like invest in them and also resurrect some other friendships. I have gotten reconnected with so many people this year because of my diligent, like connecting with people and like having, um, I've talked about this before, like just like chatting with, I mean, not just strangers. I'm like literally trying to talk to all my friends and like reconnect with folks. Cause there's people I haven't talked to in like, you know, 20 years or a dozen years or six years or even one year. And it just is like, oh, you're someone I would love to talk to more often. So anyway, just nourishing your relationships, getting used to connecting with people, um, especially if you've been isolating for a while, um, which I think a lot of folks, um, I don't know, I think this overlaps <laughs> with giving up on love is also isolating a little bit from other people. Um, people are going to hurt you, but people are also going to make your heart sore. So um, just knowing that like, no, none of your hurts is final um, and that you can always grow through what you go through. Um, and also sometimes our hurts are really just, again, expectations gone awry. Uh, and it isn't necessarily about the other person. It could just be communication. Um, and I always like to say, like, assume best intentions and assume worst case scenario. Like someone was saying, like, uh, she asked, she got stood up on her first date with her husband, uh, but it was just because he hadn't heard in time about the plan. Um, and so she thought he just blew her off. Uh, and I was like, you know, what's interesting is like at this point in my life, I would have assumed he was in a tragic car accident and it wasn't about me. It was like something going on for them. So I always assume best intentions and I always just like lead with, are you okay? Which is actually a much more freeing way to be rather than being so self-centered that you think everything's about you and that every everything that happens is a rejection of you in some way, right? So that's just like learning how to manage your thought life, which is really where everything begins. It's just so important to think well of yourself and to think um, kindly and compassionately towards yourself and towards others. Um, let's see, another tool um, is also just thinking about polyamory. I think a lot of folks get really mired in this idea that polyamory isn't quote for them because they've maybe had experiences with people who were straight up shitty at polyamory. Um, and I, I'm not trying to sell anybody on something. I know that some people are more monogamous than not, but also I know a lot of polyamorous people, again, Rachel's a great example, who nourish their relationships so well that they're actually more attentive than a monogamous person who only has one person to nourish. Um, and so I just want you to consider that like maybe because you had a bad experience in the past doesn't mean 
you couldn't have a quality connected relationship with someone as their poli side dish, right? And as long as you're willing to communicate what your needs are um, and hear what that person's needs are, if you line up, you line up. But like, I think a lot of folks get really into the the binary of like poly or not poly. Um, but I think that love can be in so many permutations that if we're more open-minded, uh, we get to have a more satisfying life. Um, so I just think like, think about how it is totally possible that a poly person can have, you know, lots, can be a present and fulfilling uh, primary to multiple people. Um, and also, it's also fine if you don't want to deal with polyamory. That's also fine too, but it requires a lot of growth again, but I don't think you can live a life that's satisfying without like a lot of growth work and being willing to just keep leveling up. Um, so also the last tool that I'm going to give you, um, I think is the most important one, which is what you focus on is what grows. Um, and so you can either choose to feed your faith that your person is coming, or you can choose to feed your fear that you're going to be alone forever. Um, I don't think you have to be. I think you can just hold out faith that there's someone for you um, and that there's a connection there. Um, truly, I don't think you'd still be listening to this podcast if you didn't have some inkling of hope that someone's there. So I just want you to know, borrow my belief in you. If you're feeling like frustrated or sad someday that you don't have a person, borrow my belief that if you continue to grow and you continue to expand and get outside your comfort zone just a little every single day, just a little, like reaching out to an old friend for to, to connect, like, you know, plenty of the, my friends don't even bother to write me back. Right. And it doesn't like, again, I am not assuming worst case scenarios. I'm just riding with it. So just want to encourage you that as you continue to hold faith and hold hope and write your lists and like do your growth work, you will call in the one or the ones, right? There's lots of people. Um, and I'll also say like, I've been really thinking this, um, as I'm doing my postmortem on old relationships, I don't think any of them wasn't the one. I think that every person I've dated has taught me something um, that helped me level up as a human being. Even, and maybe even especially, uh, I had like a string of four people who I dated long distance who all broke up with me by ghosting me. Literally just stopped texting me back. And it was like really, really heartbreaking and crushing every time. <laughs> and then the last time I just got sick of it. I was like, something has to change. Something needs to be different. I'm the common denominator. And that's how I actually started going to Al-Anon recovery for family and friends of alcoholics. Because the way I was, I didn't, I didn't identify the person I had most recently been dating as an alcoholic, but they definitely were practicing alcoholic. And then, and then later I got sober, which I'm so grateful for. Um, so I will say like, you know, when you're repeating a lot of re relationship patterns, you gotta, you gotta grow out of that. Um, Cause if you don't grow through it, you're just going to repeat it. Um, but also like I did learn so much from every relationship that like, I think I have grown so much as a human, uh, or I mean, I'm such a different person 20 years ago. I hated my guts. <laughs> I was so mean to myself and now I'm really self-loving and self-accepting. Um, and also totally still imperfect. So I just want to give you like that, that, you know, things will get better. Um, things will change. Things will change whether you change or not. Um, but you can't stop things from changing by just refusing to change yourself. Um, that actually makes you go backwards because if everything in the world is changing, which it always is, um, you're leaving yourself behind if you're not changing and growing with it. So anyway, I hope some of that helps. If you have like questions about it, shoot me an email, fatkiddanceparty at gmail.com. Um, if you want to support the podcast, my Patreon is the best way to do it. 
Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. Uh, Fat Kid Dance Party is my aerobics class, which is for anybody who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too fat, too much, or felt too awkward to dance, that is the support of, this is the supportive class for you. Um, I do My Patreon starts at two bucks a month. It really helps me out. Um, honestly, it's been the reason why I've been able to pay rent uh, and get through this COVID season. Uh, but I actually really love creating this like nourishing bundle of self-care available for folks. So I have audios of meditations, Reiki healings, um, and uh, updates I don't share anywhere else. Um, I also have an online aerobics class that is on Zoom every Saturday morning at 11 Pacific, 11 a.m. Pacific, uh, which is free for all of my Patreon members. And then for 25 bucks a month, you can join and get on-demand aerobics classes uh, it's me. It's back at dance party. It gets better every month because I keep getting better. Um, there's always six classes available, a 10 minute, a 20 minute, 45 minute, 255 minutes, and a chair aerobics class all every time. So join me there if you feel so inclined, if this is of value to you, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D-P. Also, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. It's so helpful. Um, and also thanks to everybody who who reaches out and lets me know that it's helpful because sometimes it's like talking into the void. Uh, and it is so nice to hear that you're listening and that it's providing value for you. Um, and if you ever have any subjects you'd like me to talk about or anything like that, please let me know because I want to make relevant stuff for y'all. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope you know that wherever you are, you are worthy of love exactly as you are. There's nothing you need to change in order to be worthy of love. And I hope that you'll just give yourself a big hug from your from me through you hugging yourself. Right? Okay. <laughs> Bye.